Hello and good evening everybody, FPLTJ here, rounding up Game Week 24's extremely late reviews with Tottenham 2, West Ham 0. We look at how Spurs fared against West Ham's big game formation, quote-unquote that had started to garner momentum in recent weeks, as well as how Spurs dealt with the benching of a superstar to eventually run out 2-0 winners. Tottenham Hotspur, who not only benched Son Superstar for Richarlison, but more interestingly, rejigged their entire side at the back, not restricting to their central midfield. Bentacore, first and foremost, was replaced by Oliver Skip, which meant that creativity, usually stemmed from Bentacore, now fell on the hands of Hoiberg, or at least at the feet of Hoiberg, in terms of his link with Harry Kane in the centre of midfield. Kane wasn't the only one dropping deep, however, as Clement Longley at left centre-back was reintroduced into the side, which meant that their usual left centre-back, Ben Davis, would push all the way up into left wing-back. Now, all of the aforementioned players had a huge bearing on proceedings, at least against West Ham's 3-4-2-1 formation. Now, in theory, when you have a 3-4-3 matchup against a 3-4-3, everyone should cancel out so long as defenders triumph against attackers. But with Spurs, they benefited from the fact that Ben Davis could double up as a centre-back as well as a wing-back, making incisive runs past West Ham's back line. The key came down to who would do it on the left side, as Longley attempted several long passes as an early warning, but really it was Hoiberg that eventually found the correct passing angles to play that slight diagonal ball just in between West Ham's centre-backs just to find Ben Davis. Now with Hoiberg having a lot more freedom as expected, Emerson Royale on the other side also came into the picture. Emerson Royale himself isn't exactly the most creative on the ball, but off the ball he makes incisive runs to avoid his marker extremely well. While he has overlapped on the outside against bigger sides recently due to disciplinary issues, in this case he had a lot more freedom and he made a lot of underlapping runs using Kulusevsky's wide position. In that sense, he never really had to face his opposing number and he thoroughly deserved his goal here. So really it comes down to how Spurs utilised Kulusevsky as an asset as the game progressed. Now for FPL purposes, at least when we invest in Spurs, we have to look at longevity over 90 minutes. The last thing we want is a player that is influential only for the first 60 minutes or the last 30. Cue Harry Kane, who once again shifted into his playmaker role and at this stage, it really is extremely difficult to tell whether Spurs three forwards turn into playmakers or will they just individually operate as goal scorers. A lot of this comes down to the starting lineup here and with Sun introducing directness from the center of attack, really it just came down to who ran beyond defenders and in this case, Kane was the one who played Sun in for the game killer goal. So really in conclusion, this whole concept of Dominating the centre and bursting into wide areas currently favours the likes of Kane, Emerson Royale and Hoiberg as playmakers, while the likes of Kulusevski and Son will remain finishers.
West Ham, whose big game formation usually involves a solid three at the back formation, bolstered by two defensive midfielders, but with Lucas Paqueta usually anchoring creativity at the heart of it all. This time Paqueta was unavailable, so Moyes went with bodies in the midfield, bringing in Flynn Downs to help bolster Rice and Suchek's presence at the centre of midfield. Now, this meant that Bowen number one had a lot of freedom to choose really where he wanted to receive the ball. And instead of waiting centrally, he relied on Suchek's runs into the right half space in order to basically wait for cutbacks either in the right half space or hovering somewhere near the penalty area. The unfortunate thing here is that West Ham once again are reliant on transitions. And this meant that a lot of long balls aimed at Mikel Antonio really were the main source of possession for Bowen to chase. At this stage, when Antonio was substituted for Danny Ings, things were a lot more cohesive, especially on the left side when Ben Rama came on. When you sacrifice a player like Flynn Downs for Ben Rama, you know that you are going to dominate the left half space, and really, Danny Ings, as well as Bowen, piled on the pressure, all three of them essentially dominating and sitting in that left half space to cut and shoot from outside where Ben Rama surprisingly actually made more incisive runs as Danny Ings chose to hit it down the centre. The problem here is that West Ham essentially faced a dilemma of choosing between playing as a crossing side or a transition-based vertical running team. If they choose to cross, Bowen has to drift all the way to the right side, working with the likes of Sufau to put deep crosses into the far post where Antonio or Danny Ings would wait. This is a suboptimal strategy for West Ham's purposes because it kills West Ham's tempo in terms of catching teams out. So if they attempt to play on the counter-attack, Ben Rama will be the superstar. But at this stage, Danny Yings and Jeroboam unfortunately are not in the prime positions to receive the best counter-attacking options and West Ham basically have to choose which approach they will employ moving forward, especially as their fixture schedule eases up. Lastly, it has to be said that with Paqueta's impending return, this particular formation, this 3-5-1-1, is almost certainly a variation of their plan B. So as things ease up, we will definitely see the likes of Aaron Cresswell and Cole come back into the fray. While shifting back into their 4-2-3-1, it's also most likely that the likes of Paqueta, Benrama and Bowen especially will all feature all across the attacking midfield instead of solely relying on Bowen. In the end, when two teams that usually are famed for transitional football face up against each other, you would expect a low-quality contest between two sides that really refuse to have the ball, instead relying on their pacey players to make the difference. Here, Spurs took charge as they rejected their side to take advantage of West Ham's space afforded to them adapted extremely well to West Ham's midfield three, while at the same time using shifts in positioning to combine with their passing quality in order to create openings. Full credit goes to Spurs here for once again adapting to their opponents, but really it comes down to consistency, especially for FPL purposes, which we will monitor against Chelsea soon. This is FPL Teacher who will start Game Week 25's review pretty much on the same day, starting with Fulham Wolves.